Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns. I'm a mom and dot 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 writer, LGBTQ ally, and today a patio mood boarder. Love it. Yeah, I can't wait I need to your see help. it. I need your help so bad. <laughs> I'm Missy Stevens, a mom and dot 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 writer, child advocate, and currently professional shopper for and returner of summer dresses. And today we are so thrilled to have Lisa Levine as our guest. Lisa is a certified life and health coach at Audacious Health and Wellness. She helps women who are approaching midlife to create new and healthy habits in the way that they think, eat, sleep, and move, empowering them to live their lives fully and audaciously. Love that. And originally from the East Coast, she currently resides in Seattle, my former hometown. Miss it so much. Uh, Spending much of her time writing, drinking matcha, overusing emojis, parentheses, and punctuation. Sounds like someone I know. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And enjoying the beauty of the Pacific Northwest and playing in the kitchen, creating healthy fare for her family and friends. We may have to hit you up for a recipe, Lisa. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, ladies. Oh, we're so excited to have you here. In fact, we learned about you through the Seattle Times article about your new book, which is Midlife No Crisis. Hopefully that's showing up. So good. Yes. And we immediately knew that we had to have you on the podcast. But for people who did not see that article or not familiar with your book yet, can you give us a little bit of a Lisa and Midlife No Crisis 101? Yes, I can. So Midlife No Crisis, it's kind of born from my midlife non-crisis. I thought it was a crisis. It turned out to be a beautiful transformation. Um, (laughs) And I really, it turns out it's really all in the way you look at it. But I had started a blog and somebody saw it and it became this book that is really helpful for women who feel like they're overwhelmed by what's going on because it delivers some really practical tools and advice and been there. I get it in, in what I like to call digestible bites, because when you're in overwhelm, kind of the last thing you want to do is have a long list of all the shoulds, a bunch of shoulds and things. It's like, no, break it down, small steps, small, reasonable, actionable moves. So this book is my gift to anybody who feels like they are in what they feel is like a midlife crisis and how to back it up and turn it into transformation. Yeah. And talking about those manageable bites, I just love, I mean, it's gorgeous. Oh, it's a really pretty book. I mean, just like it's, yeah. Usually when you look at a book, it's so funny. My son, who's 11 years old, we're reading, um, a real book, not a real book. All books are real books, but he usually <laughs> reads like Diary of a yeah. Wimpy Kid and those, and he likes the graphic novels, which I love. You can read the back of a cereal box. I love it that he's reading. Um, but he, yesterday we were reading a more of a novel book and he's like, I just cannot understand how anybody reads a book with no pictures in it, mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, he's like, I just look at it and just am like... <laughs> I'm like, well, that's Make how the most pictures in here. Really but I, 
But I do think when, like you were saying, when someone's in a period of overwhelm or if they are 11, apparently, um, <laughs> it can be really hard. It can be really overwhelming to like have something in, you know, 10 fonts and it's pages and pages. Whereas this, you're like, okay, I can take a few pages or and get some inspiration out of this. And it's just so gorgeous, the artwork. And uh, not every page um, has the, the No, but a lot of them do. And I have it yeah. beside me as well. So it's, yeah, it's <laughs> who nice. designed it? So that's kind of how the book was born because the person who approached me was somebody who was starting a small imprint called Indelible Editions. And they are book packagers, basically. And the woman who started it had formerly been at Hachette and she had joined forces with a little graphic design company called Red Herring Design out of Brooklyn. And they designed the whole thing and they put it all together. And ultimately we self-published it because as we were kind of in the middle of trying to sell it and the pandemic was happening and we wanted to get it out. So mm -hmm. we moved forward on our own, which was fine. And it's been such a, an incredibly interesting learning experience just from the instance. Also just randomly when Dinah first approached me about doing the book, you know, I, she came to me through my website because she had been Googling turning 50 and midlife crisis because she herself was kind of going through something and she found my blog and she emailed and said, I read everything you wrote. And I, you know, have you ever considered doing a book? Because I really could have used your words when I was going through what I was going through. And so that's kind of how it started, but it took really almost two years from that conversation to when the book came out. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a process. Which is actually pretty dang fast. I mean, I've been working yeah. on my book proposal for about three and a half years. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. so that's actually pretty dang impressive. That's amazing. Yeah, we'll take the two years. Yeah. Well, now, what is your professional background before this? Uh, tell us your career track. Well, my career track started off, you know, completely in a different field, which was the music and entertainment business, because I went to film school at NYU and I, I film and television was my thing. And I ended up working at a record company doing music video production, which got me from New York to Los Angeles to the West Coast. And I was still doing that executive producing music videos, but I had always felt like I maybe wanted to do something that was more um, I really thought I wanted to do therapy. I actually start, went to get a master's at Antioch in California. And then I got a job offer that I was 25 and it was a great, like running this production company. And I thought, Oh, well, I'll just do that later. And then I met my husband in, um, when I was still in LA. So we, when we got together, we moved to Seattle. And again, I thought, you know, um, I'm going to go do, I'm going to do therapy. I'm going to go to grad school. Um, and ultimately I got pregnant and one thing led to another. So I didn't, I put it aside again. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up getting back into production because, you know, it's like really easy to just fall back into doing what you know how to do. Yes. I got an offer to help this great little production company do stuff. So again, I kind of put that dream away and was working in production, which was great. But somewhere in there, like right around age 48, 49, I, I found myself like sitting up at that office, listening, we would have these lunches and we would all sit around this big table and eat lunch together and chat. And I would find myself going, I don't really want to talk about this. I don't really care. What I, I want to talk about the universe. I want to talk about, <laughs> I want to talk about like, oh my God, I'm going to be 50. Like, how did I get here? What, wait, what is happening? I am the same person I ever was, but I'm not, I'm going to be right. so freaking out. And what do I want? And who am I? And that was when I really discovered Martha Beck website. And she yeah. was over 
was life coach and she'd written for Oprah O Magazine for a long time. I had read one of her books, Expecting Adam, right after I had my son. Mm -hmm. And I thought she's amazing. I love her style. And so I kind of followed her. And I remember the first time I read an, you know, an article going, she's a life coach and me going, what? What the heck's a life coach? But then kind of just moving forward. So in my, in my, oh my God, how did I get here? Who am I? What's the meaning of life moment? I thought I have always wanted to do something like counseling, but life coaching is so much more immediate to me. Like when you talk, talk mm -hmm. therapy is really all about, at least my, in my experience of it was, how did this happen? How did you get here? And how can you make peace with all of that? Life coaching is less about how did we get here, but okay, here we are. Now, what are we going to do? And that was very appealing to me because in my yeah. you know, midlife non-crisis, it was not about, you know, what, what happened with my parents in my early childhood. It was about right. how did I get here? And now what do I want to do? So um, that is how I ended up embarking on my coach training and my, my analogy, my metaphor, which I've said a few times is that once I started it and made the commitment, I felt like I was on a life raft in the fog with no oars. <laughs> I, like, I, I loved the, the solid ground. And I knew that there was other land out there, but I had no idea where it was. I didn't know how to, I just, it was, I just had to be. And it turns out that there is, that's really a huge part of the coaching process that I learned, which is I was in a stage of meltdown, like an identity transformation mm -hmm. and in that, it correlates with the caterpillar in the cocoon and melting down into like DNA goop. Like the, the mm -hmm. basic information of who that caterpillar is, is mm -hmm. in there, but it needs to reform. And then it needs to climb out of the cocoon and then it needs to go on its journey. So um, there's like several stages, but I was in that stage of complete meltdown. And the thing, it's counterintuitive to try to fix it. Oh my God, I do this and I do this yeah. and I do this you got to just let it happen and be with it and make, again, sort of goes with the book, make small moves. It's like when you're looking at the huge picture, like a, you know, hawk view versus mouse view. When you're looking at the big thing, it can feel quite overwhelming when you're yeah. in a So just, you know, cocooning and small things. So that was me. And then I found dry land and all was always well. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. You touch on that in the book, talking about what do I want and why do I want it? And that's come up before with another guest as far as when we were talking about developing healthy habits, she said the same thing. You really have to understand why you want a thing. So when you're going into this cocoon and you're in the process of melting down in the goo, it helps to know what it is you want and why you want that, but that feels really big. So you talk about doing it in smaller chunks and pieces. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about how, do, how can women put that into practice in a daily manageable way. Right. Well, the thing is, is when you're in the meltdown, you might not know what you want and why you want it in a bigger picture. So keeping it small, what do I want today? How do I want to feel today? And what can I do to feel that way? So, you know, one way I used to do this in my journal a lot, and I still do sometimes when I'm sort of feeling overwhelmed, it's like, okay, how, how do I want to feel today? Not what do I want to do today, but how do I want to feel today? And so if I want to feel peaceful, or if I want to feel excited, what can I do that feels exciting? What can I do that feels nurturing? What can I do that feels like freedom? 
And then depending on what those things are for me, I mean, there might be very different things for you. For instance, I don't have small kids at home anymore. But when I did, what felt like freedom might have been like going to get a manicure or just taking a walk or, you know, when they were really little, just taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I, but, but my life is really different now and my kids are both in college, but I still feel, you know, sometimes we all feel stuck. So what can I do to feel free or flexible or whatever it is? And that would be the one thing that I would say, you don't have to figure it all out. There's something to be said for trusting the process of evolving. And so many women that are in midlife will be like, well, I don't know what to do. Like I've been either, I've been raising my kids all this time and I'm not, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I'm qualified to do. Or I've been doing the same job for 25 years. I don't know. I mean, I love gardening, but big deal. Like how, what does that mean? And so it's about really, how do you want to feel today and seeing yeah. how it evolves? And I know that that's not necessarily what a business coach would tell you to do about, but I'm not a business coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's another person. Yeah. So then if you're doing that on a day-to-day -day basis, are you then looking for trends or something that, okay, well, 80% of the days I'm kind of looking like this or feeling like this. So I can use that to make some assumptions about where my, my brain's trying to take me to. Like how, how then do you take that data? I'm, I'm a data person. So like, how do you take that data then of those days? Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I know you're a data person, but I'm going to say I'm a little bit of a woo-woo person. <laughs> okay. so, I mean, I love, I'm, I'm kind of like the East Coast cynical with the, with the eye roll, but with the West Coast woo-woo, like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a match of those two things. I, like I it. love it. I, there is some magic involved in the process. Um, and it's not just about how do I want to feel. It's also there, another part of this, another tool that I teach my clients is called the body compass. And so it's really about tuning into your body because your mind will tell you a million different stories about what you should do and what's right. And, you know, oh my God, how can I do this? And this, it will tell you all the stories, but your body won't lie to you. And so remembering to check back in with your body and there's a way out, this is right out of, I think it's out of Martha Beck's book. It's finding your own North star. And then her book after that is Steering by Starlight. So it's all about connecting to your essential self, which is really, you can find that by going within. So I teach my clients how to calibrate their body compass. There's an exercise that we do, which is going to a very unpleasant experience and rating it, noticing where you feel it in your body, what it feels like, what it you know, viscerally, what does it look like? Is there a color? Is there a sound? Is there, you know, like it's, you know, if it's a clanging yellow thump, you know what I mean? Where do you feel that in your body? Just to notice that your body is giving you this information. Yeah. This and then we'll go to neutral and then we'll go to the same thing for a positive. And so negative is, you know, like a negative 10 and then zero is neutral and then plus 10. So the exercise is to illustrate how you can check in with your body and see. So it is, it can be very subtle. And sometimes heading toward your North star can be simply going from a negative six to a negative three, but you're heading in the right direction. So it isn't data on paper, but it is data nonetheless. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes, makes sense. And I'm sense. thinking about 
a friend. I'm putting in quotes. No, I'm thinking about Is it myself and a lot of women that I know we've spent most of our lives not paying attention to what that feels like in our body, what anything feels like in our body. We just squash it and keep charging ahead. So when you're coming to contact with a client who can't, so I can't even identify like what's a good thing and what does that feel like? What's a negative experience and what does that feel like? How do you, what are the baby steps? Like, how do you introduce that and work them up to learning to recognize it? Well, again, it's really about how, what does that feel like in your body? Not what does it feel like conceptually, but where does it, where are you feeling it in your body somatically? You know, and it's a lot of times it'll be my throat or my stomach. And then we'll, we can go a little bit deeper. Like again, there's a little bit of leap of faith. It's like, okay, if, if that, you know, charcoal bump in your throat, could say something to you, what, what would it say? You know, like, what? Well, and then they'll say, maybe they'll say, I don't know. Okay, just guess, take a guess. Yeah. And typically there will be something that does respond. So here's an example. I was just re-watching um, Eat, Pray, Love because Netflix told me I should. So I did. <laughs> and, uh, and there's this scene in the book and in the movie where it's in the very beginning where she's um wants to leave her marriage and she's in the crying on the bathroom floor and she starts to pray to God because she's never prayed really before. And she's like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. And her, inside her voice says, go back to bed, Liz. And that reminded me, it's like when you are, even when you're checking in with your body, it's not a conversation typically. It's a word or a sentence it's, it's like, you know, okay, you can even use it. You can even use it for what do I want to have for dinner? And you kind of just go and you just hold both choices in your mind. And you think, what, how, how do, well, I know I really should make these vegetables, I don't know, you know, just how do, what does your body want? Maybe your body really right. does want the vegetables. Maybe it really wants something else. You can use your body compass for pretty much anything. And it's not going to be necessarily a, 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 a diatribe. It's going to be short answers. Yes, and practice. Mom. I mean, it sounds yeah. like something you'd practice with the little decisions of what yep. do I want for dinner or how do I want to feel for the next hour kind of thing. Totally. I need to put that into practice. Yeah. But one of the things as we put it into practice, I love the section in the book about silencing our lizard brains. So, cause I can see me trying to do the practice and then my lizard brain doing some negative self-talk, like trying to convince me that I'm not feeling what I'm feeling or whatever the case may be, or, or if, if your body is a hundred percent telling you that, yes, you should be doing this one thing and your lizard brain is like, well, if you do that, you might fail. So good luck lady. Like, <laughs> so how do you listen to your body and also silence that lizard brain all at the same time? So, you know, the lizard brain is a thing, as you may or may not know, like, we're not going to be able to shut it up forever. It's just a part of, of how we roll. And, you know, lizard brain is all about lack and attack. So it's all about, oh, my God, I don't have enough of this, or I need more of that, or I should, I'm not enough. It's not enoughness. Mm -hmm. And then attack is you f that up. You mess that up. You can't, you know, you're doing it wrong. Well, the body compass probably works for everybody else, but not you because, you know, you're not going to get it. You can't, it's yeah. too hard. It's too hard, whatever it is. So starting just by noticing it and noticing that that's the voice in your head. And, and, and then initially by putting some separation in between you and the lizard brain. So the lizard brain is usually also very unkind in how it speaks to you. Um, like totally. I often have my clients name their lizards. Uh, <laughs> um, 
one client whose lizard, I can't remember what her name was, but she had her hair and curlers and a hairnet and she in a bathrobe and she would always be like on my like on her side. So sometimes that can help, but noticing what the thought is just, and the way you notice it is if you have that feeling of like the less than feeling or the, you know, the yuck, the shame, the you know, shame mm-hmm. is a really popular feeling that the, that the lizard brings on. And then putting space in between you and your thoughts, because just, just because you think something doesn't mean it's the truth. We can choose, we don't have to believe it. So noticing like, oh, I'm having the thought that I suck at this. And as opposed to, I suck at this. Noticing, just notice the difference in the feeling that I suck at this and having the thought that I suck at this are completely different. So creating some space in between there. And what if it wasn't true? Can you come up with a different, a better feeling and a just as believable thought, you know, yeah. but I've only just started trying this. I don't know if it works. Maybe I need to try it a whole bunch more or like, <laughs> like if you're trying to learn a new skill, oops, I fell off. Like when your kid is trying to learn how to ride, you're like, oops, I fell off. Get back on and keep practicing and see. Right. We don't tell them, oh, you suck at riding bikes. Oh. Give it up. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? No. Yeah. Oh, I guess you're not going to be able to do that. Let's move yeah. on. Next. Yeah. So using that same kind of compassion and patience that you would have with your actual child and putting it toward yourself, self-compassion and patience and practice. Which kind of goes to something you talk a lot about in the book is women for decades have heard like 50 is this big, scary thing. And so we have a lot of negative self-talk about midlife, about aging and it sucks. And then everything's horrible. And we have to make that mental shift to think about all the positive things about it. So how do those positive thought patterns start to develop? And then how do we put those into practice to make midlife something exciting? Right. Well, those are two different questions. So how do you get those positive thoughts? And like, how do you, do you start to change your perspective? Yeah. There's a lot of different answers to that question. But again, it, it is involved practice. We, our minds, that lizard brain, the way our minds are wired, there's something called the negativity bias. And so, you know, we are something like nine times more likely to hold on to a negative memory than a positive one. And again, that's, that's keeping us safe. Like you really want to remember that the marauding band of cannibals is over that hill because you don't want to make that mistake again. Right. But we don't have that. We're obviously that's not a reality any longer, but we, we do stick. So how do you start to really focus more on the positive? A, you, I mean, a gratitude practice or a, a positivity practice to literally stop up and notice. Um, I just finished a, a retreat last week with Janine Roth. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Mm-mm. She's a writer. She, her, my favorite book of hers is women, food, and God. I think it came out like 10 years ago. And okay. she's one of my favorite teachers. And she has a practice called taking in the good, which I am doing right now with somebody. And we, every morning we text each other, like we're taking the good for that day. When you find up something you're grateful for, you appreciate, or that is good thinking about it, doesn't, you shouldn't necessarily be the same thing every day. Like, I'm so glad my children are safe. We're, you know, yes. And of course, <laughs> uh, find the thing that it is, and then really hold it in your mind for at least 90 seconds. Like think about it, almost try to embody it. That starts to train your brain to look for the good a little bit. And again, this is a subtle thing, but the more you practice it, it starts to ultimately change your, how you see things when you see yeah. and, so that, that is like even three things a day, but not just writing them on a list. And then, you know, like my coffee, the sunshine, yes. And 
what is it you love about your coffee? What, you know, when you imagine yourself having it, it's that first sip. Oh my God, anything's possible. It's, you know, that whatever all those things are. So really going with it so that you really start to train your brain. Now, the second half of that question was, how do you put them into practice? Yeah. And in changing our perception about the negatives of midlife. Right, right, right. So now that's also a bigger question because our bigger situation, because culturally, you know, we can't single-handedly change cultural editors. That's a term from Mario Martinez, who wrote a book. And so he talks about cultural editors, about how things like, like hot flashes are a biological universal, um, you know, thing that happened to women. And that I think in Brazil or maybe another Latin American country, um, the word for hot flash is somehow synonymous or very close to the word for shame. And so they are very embarrassed by that. And then he was saying versus in Japan, when women are in menopause, it's called entering their second spring. And so culturally, there's all this support Ah, for women. That is what I am calling it from now on. (laughs) And so It's 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 the same damn thing. It's menopause, the menopause, Mm -hmm. but it's culturally looked at in different ways. So how do you change an entire cultural attitude? Start with yourself and then move on to conversing. Look, what you guys are doing is huge because you are having a conversation out loud with other people. And so that is, you are, you know, thank you. And you are doing a good thing by bringing that up because, you know, yeah, we believe it and we repeat it to ourselves and to our friends and to everybody else without even recognizing what we're doing. And I think I might've said this in the book, I don't remember, but you know, if you wanna get together with your friends and like have a glass of wine and talk about like, you know, oh my God, I'm you know, I'm sweating at night, like go ahead and do it by all means, but you know, commiserate, but don't necessarily buy into the fact that everything's gonna suck from here on out because it doesn't. Well, I kind of like the idea of, like you were saying, taking in the good for your daily things, like taking in the good of not necessarily menopause, I guess we're going to, no, we're going to put a positive spin on it. So, uh, but taking in the good of turning 50 and looking at that and just kind of reframing it in our own minds. And hopefully by doing that and being loud about it, we can help reframe it for some of our friends too, in our circles. Totally. Yeah, I mean- reading the book was just, I read it and felt this talk about feeling it in your body. I felt this lightness and like this warmth. It feels a little woo woo, but I know you're okay with that. <laughs> like I was excited. I'm like, and now that you put the term second spring in it, that's what I felt was we're going into this whole new adventure without a period. And that's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm glad that you got that out of it because that is definitely was my intention, one of my intentions, and it is how I feel about it. And I, I also talk about, you know, one of the ways to put a spin on it is the perks. Look at the perks of midlife instead of the, you know, the stuff that you're leaving behind. What are the things you're gaining? Like much more wisdom and, you know, the ability to say no and mean it and go like, I, don't, I have no interest in going to that party or that thing. Like I want to stay home and, you know, watch TV and that's okay. And it, it's, there are perks, lots of them. And it really just, just depends on how you choose to look at it. Cause it is a choice. Yeah. And, and even menopause, you know, that's the other thing. Some things just happen and you don't get to choose like menopause happens. It's a done deal. And we don't yeah. get to pick when or how no. it's happening. It's happening. There are ways that you can maneuver through it that make it feel less crummy. You know, I mean, I, I recognize that I could not drink red wine anymore. I mean, I could, but then I would have hot flashes. 
And, you know, I love red wine. I was like, but, but resveratrol, the grapes, they're so good for me. It's like, not really, not me. And everyone's different and everyone goes through different things. So, you know, it's a circumstance and then you get to pick how you think and feel about it. I love the way you frame that. Me too. I'm going to start, I'm going to start taking in the good of, of menopause. (laughs) <laughs> and remembering to refill my prescriptions. I'm not sure if yes. you saw on Instagram. I was literally, I popped open the bottle of my estrogen testosterone and I had to scrape it with a plastic knife. And I was literally like buttering my thigh <laughs> with any bit that I could get out of there. And I was like, oh my God, seriously. Actually, that was not my fault. There was miscommunication between the doctor and the the compounding pharmacy. Because heaven forbid, you could just get it filled at a regular pharmacy. Right, right, right. You gotta have someone with a mortar and pestle like making it because it's this magic. It's like witchcraft, basically. Yes. Oh my god. When you do that, I'm like, I mine. I've done that too, and also with my progesterone, which is drops. And I'm like, okay, I'm adding water and I'm shaking it up. And then you call the pharmacy and they're like, oh, you need a refill. And then it takes an extra like two days for all of it to turn around. And Yes. Yep. It's a whole thing. Okay. So, well, now I've, oh, I'm, this is how we end up having a late show every time because I'm like, okay, we've got you for 20 minutes. That would make sense to do look, listen, learn right now, but I'm not going to, because I still want to talk about, I love the three C's of midlife from the book. And so we're talking about the community and connection and curiosity. And I just feel like those so perfectly sums up the things that really matter to me in midlife. Mm -hmm. And those things have been sadly very challenging during COVID. So now that we're vaxxed up, we've kind of got this balance that we're trying to do of like not trying to do too much at once and suffer from this overwhelm, but also not continuing to live these isolated lives that have become the norm. So I'm just really curious, like how, how you look at balancing those three C's as we're we're coming into the second spring of our COVID, I guess. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Finally getting to leave the house again. Well, you know, even though we were locked down, I found that I found some new community options for myself that I didn't even know about. I mean, there are now several different online communities that are really just geared toward midlife women, you know, um, and I'm sure you know what they are, right? There's the Kobe Club and the Wolfer, and there's a few different ones. But yeah, I what I noticed, particularly for me, when my kids started to get older, when they, it was like, as I said, they're both in their 20s you know, suddenly these communities that I had, whether through their school friends, you know, the moms of their school friends or their teams or whatever, those weren't really the same anymore. I mean, I might've gained a really good friend or two from it, but it wasn't that same communal thing. So it was really about who do I really want to hang out with right now? You know, it was less of a should and who do I want to? And I think that is after being isolated for as long as we have been, that really can figure into it. Who do you really want to see and why? And who do you not? How can can you make those choices and really Mm -hmm. feel like you're filling your communal need? So I would, you know, as far as community is concerned, I think it's important to really just be honest with yourself and know what you want to do and how you want to spend your time. And certainly, like I said, after the last 14 months or so, or 15 months, I feel like that's clearer to me. Like, what do I really want to do? Who do I really want to see? And is it okay to just go out for an hour and come home? You know what I mean? Like just to go for a like I just want to meet that person for coffee or take a walk. And maybe I don't need to be a bigger thing. And maybe my community needs to be filled by one or two people and not a big group. 
right yet. That might feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And you can use your body compass to figure out what it is you really want. And, so, and how do you encourage people to use that same compass to engage with some curiosities as far as exploring new things and new ideas, uh, same kind of thing? Like, where do you even start from for people who are trying to, who are curious about being curious? <laughs> So um, I, I like to call, again, it's your body compass, but it's also what I call inner glimmers or yes, this mm. um, It's about paying attention to what are the things like what you make a joy list. What are the things on your joy list? And um, I have one on my phone, a running list and it changes from time to time, but the things that bring me joy and like some of them I couldn't do for a long time because it was like hanging out in a bookstore you know, and that, that wasn't going to happen, but it can happen now. So following those things. And it's almost like following a, you know, a breadcrumb trail, like Hansel and Gretel, except there's no witch. You're following the clues to yourself. You're following the clues to, to your essential self. So what are the things you really want to do? And yes, you can use your body compass, but it's about paying attention to, oh yeah, this, and you might not know why, like if you love flowers, you might, I don't know, I'm trying to randomly thinking of something, but like, you might, like I mentioned gardening, you might love gardening. And so maybe you want to get deeper into that. Is there some kind of gardening you love? Like, are you obsessed with ferns? Do you really want to, like, there's a community for everything right now. So it's really, again, it's about following that inner curiosity and not judging it and not judging yourself. Well, that's Mm -hmm. stupid. Nobody cares about ferns, whatever. You know, I mean, it's, it's really about not judging and just going with it and, and allowing yourself to go with it and noticing if your inner blizzard is coming up to, you know, to, to smack you down and then you turn around and smack it down and just, you know, it feels like a lot, but it really isn't. It's just about paying attention. And to wrap up on this idea, do you find that the lizard pops up more when something is right? Like, I feel like oh, when you're getting question. the most pushback from the lizard, what I've heard from a lot of people who've experienced something like that's when they feel like they're getting the closest to the thing that they actually are supposed to be doing is when it starts getting louder and louder. Is that, is that? Yes. Yes. Emphatically. Yes. Because the lizard doesn't like change. And when you're doing something that is potentially going to create change in your life in some way or another, the lizard has a little freak out. Um, (laughs) That happened to me right before the book came out. I was like on my merry way, everything's cool. And then all of a sudden I had a massive lizard attack because it was like, who cares? What, who do you think you are to write that? But there's a million people that know way more than you. I mean, you sh- my lizard was ruthless. And it, it took me down for a day or two, or maybe even more. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we understand. I totally get that. I actually called my own coach and I was like, I need a hand. And that was really helpful to me because yeah. it is normal. I think Gay Hendricks, what he talks about is an upper limit problem. Actually, my friend, when I told her what was going on, she said, oh, you're having an upper limit problem. I was like, oh, yeah, I am. Because mm-hmm. as, you're, as you're creating positive change, as you're spiraling up, you start to self-sabotage sometimes because it's like you're going to break through the next level. So it is a really common thing. Interesting. Sure. It's okay. so helpful to know that. I love yeah. that. I know. I'm going to name my lizard and notice when it's noisy. Yeah. Yes. And we will find the name of that book and we'll put it in the show notes for yes, anybody who's looking for it. But we do remember the name of your book, Midlife No Crisis. So yes. So worth um, a read. So good. It was just beautiful. Talk about feeling good. Oh, thank you. I know it is very, I love it. I like to pet it. I keep it, I keep it on my desk. Um, <laughs> 
So I can create a landing page of how to age audaciously. And I will create it for your community specifically. And you can put that in the show notes too. And oh, wonderful. That'd be great. Click on that and they'll opt into my list, but they'll get this PDF of how to age audaciously and just for them. Wonderful. Thank you yeah. so much. Oh, yeah, we would love that. Cool. Okay. So now we will officially jump into the look, listen, learn Yay. segment. We like to do that just so listeners can get to know you a little bit outside of your professional wisdom. So is there anything that you've been look, listen, learning about this week? So many things. No, um, now, right <laughs> now I'm listening and learning from this podcast uh, called the Huberman Labs. It's by this scientist at Stanford, Andrew Huberman. And so he's a, he's a neuroscientist and his podcast is all about neuroscience in different ways, like sleep. I got so much out of the sleep one. Um, neuroplasticity, stress, eating. And I love him because he's super straightforward. He's also really cute, you guys, but he's so straightforward and easy to understand. And um, I've learned a lot from him. Oh, I'm going to put that on the list. Um, oh my God. How, do, how have we not heard of that yet? <laughs> Sounds and, fascinating. So that's kind of a listening and learning. Um, and then of course, I did just finish this, this retreat with Jenny Roth, who I love. And it, it's kind of based around women, food, and God with the idea that the way we eat and the food that we, how we eat and the food that's on our plate is sometimes a real window into how we look at our lives. I mean, you can use mm. almost anything as a metaphor. You could use work as a metaphor. You, you know, there's so many different things you can use, but in this case, it's food, which speaks to me. I love food. I'm in love with food. I mean, not just eating it, but, you know, preparing it. Um, reading cookbooks. I mean, I, I take my cookbooks to bed with me all the time, you know, and I, you know, all of it, um, going to farmer's markets. Uh, but sometimes what will happen is that I'm not paying attention to how I'm eating because of a million things that are happening in my head and I get blown off course. So this really helps bring it back. And for her, again, it's all about paying attention. So I just came off of this delightful five days where I was reminded about the power of our attention and just like the, the quality of your attention is directly correlated to the quality of your life. And as I've said, I think I even said this in the book, but you know, how do you have the life you want by being awake in the life you're in? So I'm all about, I love Janine. I love her work and I'm really focused right now on my attention. Now, is that something that she does regularly? These and was that virtual this time or was that an in-person? Last year, I went to one in person. She's been doing them for 20 plus years. I went to one in California in November of 2018, I believe. And then she ended up going, doing it virtually. I mean, it was 2019. It might've been 2019 that I did it actually. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened in 2020. Yeah. That's what it was. It was 2019. And then she did it virtually in May, last May, and it was just as powerful. I mean, it was really different not being in person. And then I did it again now. She doesn't, she does the longer ones in May and November, but there are other ways to participate in her community and her website has lots of cool links to her work, but just even reading the book, Women, Food and God. Yeah. Really wonderful, I think. Okay. I'm put that on the list too. Our I lists know, are getting really long. Watched Mayor of Easttown on HBO. No, yes. but it's on my list. I love it. Well, I'm from Philadelphia originally, and so this show is it's supposed to take place just outside of Philly, and so I love it. And it's so funny to watch it, and then 
listen to the accents because it's what I grew up with. And it's always funny too, because, you know, Kate Winslet is British and one of the other guys is Australian. And, but <laughs> Jean Smart nails it. She, she has the accent down totally, but it's, it's almost, first of all, it's a great show and it's well-written and it's well-acted, but also I get this really sort of fun reminiscence of being around that accent. So my husband and I'll watch it together and I'll, I'll just kind of keep repeating things like, you know, water. She'll say it, I'll say it out loud with her daughter, whatever it is. Oh, look, they went to the Wawa. And finally, he was like, okay, you can do that two more times. And then- <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really am, I'm liking Mayor of Easttown. Oh, much. yes. Okay. Yes. I need to, it's on the very long list and I need to bump it up because I love Kate Winslet too. Oh my God, just. Well, and just talking about Gene Smart, too, reminded me of something that I wasn't going to talk about, but I have been looking at. She's in a new show called Hacks. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? It is so good. So, yeah, like she was a comedian. Well, she's still mm-hmm. a comedian. And I guess I, I don't know what you would compare to. Maybe like a Joan Rivers type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's got this new writer i write i wouldn't say protege because she doesn't want her there like (laughs) right now they're still in the point where they don't like each other very much yeah uh they're at odds um but just oh it's so yeah this young writer basically who has had a social media fiasco that makes it that she's unhirable so the two of them linking up so she can kind of freshen up the material of this woman who, you know, she's always making fun of her, you know, 80s references and, you know, you can't do OJ jokes anymore. No one cares. I'm going to love it. it. She's having a real resurgence, Jean Smart. She's been in a lot of things. She is. Yeah. So I just saw an article about the, the genesance. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. Like she's really getting what she has deserved all these years. Like people are taking notice and wondering, and she's just, she's magnificent and people are and seeing she's it so now. versatile i mean just seeing those so t- the character she plays in those two different shows is just yeah. like wow yeah so yeah. that's one of my look listen and learn and the other thing i'm just obsessing about well, there's two other things one is asparagus because it's in season <laughs> and i now just I literally think of different things i can do with asparagus i do have a recipe on my website for asparagus soup and i'm gonna make that tomorrow i'm very excited Ooh. okay i'm gonna look at that because yeah. i'm kind of bored with all of my asparagus prep right now like oh, i need okay. something new and then yeah. um, the other thing is that I just, I can't stop thinking about going to a music festival. I I need to see some outdoor music. Like I yes. love festivals. I go hear music all the time as a holdout from when I was in the music business. That's how I got into it because I, I needed to be right next to the amplifiers. I needed to be right, you know, I wanted to be in it, in the music. Yeah. And so I am dreaming about it. And I walked, I walk around Green Lake, which is a lake near my own. I know Green Lake. I do it every day. And I was walking on Thursday in the evening and there's this little, like these three guys who were in their sixties and they call themselves the shed boys. And they play, I forgot that they play when the weather's nice every Thursday, just at the lake and you're just by there you're walking, you can stop. But it was the first time. And I almost started crying. They they were playing a Gillian Welch song and I was like, it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know who we need to hook you up with? is our friend Nancy Davis Co. Yes. Who wrote the Thank You Project and mm-hmm. does a podcast called Midlife Mixtape. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, um, but first of all, she's obviously all in the midlife, uh, making changes <laughs> yeah. and finding yourself in midlife, but she's also super into music and she lives in the Bay Area, but we have to make... 
Yeah, so. that's the mixtape part of it. That's her first question, I think, to every guest is, what was your first concert? Like, was, she's yeah. super into music. And on the gratitude front, the Thank You Project was all about the life-changing impact of writing thank you notes and gratitude. So I think y'all yeah. would, you would hit it off. I would love that because I have like nothing more than talking about music and gratitude, like two of my favorite subjects. Oh, yes. Y'all will be best friends. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we will. we will hook up. Um, okay, so let's see. I already said hacks for something that I've been watching. But, yeah, what else um, are you look listening, learning? I'm I'm starting to learn. Today was the kickoff day for the I Relaunch conference, um, which Carol Fishman Cohen, she's the head of I Relaunch and does these conferences, and she's actually going to be a guest. Is it June yet? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but this, she's going to be a guest in mid June. Um, yeah. So before we know it, it will be here. Yes. So it is for the next three days. Missy and I are going to be taking in, or I'll be taking in, and Missy vicariously <laughs> the lessons from the Ivory Launch Conference, which is going to be virtual this year. It's typically in person. I think they're doing another one in October, hmm. and it really is just for people who have had a period off of work. I'm really it's excited really cool to concept. learn more about it. Yeah. Um, well, even though I've been kind of in the relaunch phase for about 10 years now, we'll see <laughs> if this kind of, yeah, I don't know, between this and the bill that's going to be coming for our new deck remodel, I think I might, my husband might just launch me <laughs> if I don't launch myself. We'll see. Um, so yeah, really excited. I will be sharing those learnings at our yeah. Facebook group and our Facebook page. So look over there. But yeah, we'll be talking about that, obviously, with Carol when she's a guest next month. Yeah, that's super exciting. What about you, Missy? What? Okay, this is I'm holding this up for our YouTubers. But this is what I am reading. And it is called You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey. And it's crazy stories about racism. So Amber Ruffin is a writer on um, she has her own show. She's a writer on Seth Meyers. And that's where I, I met her. Like <laughs> she, she doesn't know it, but we're best friends. And I have yeah. a feeling that I can't ever meet her because I would not be cool. It would be creepy, wouldn't it? It would be so creepy. It would not go well at all. I never need to meet Amber. I think she's one of the funniest humans I have ever encountered in my life. Um, I love her voice and her take on things. And I think she's a genius. And so she has her own late night show now as well. And she's on after Seth Meyers. Oh my God. Um, and I think on, you can find her on Peacock, but crazy stuff happens to her sister all the time. And her sister will call her and say, you'll never believe what happened to me today. And it's always <laughs> this racially motivated, crazy story. So they wrote a book and actually, I think, I wish I had checked this out before we recorded today, but I bet the audio version would be fantastic. Because oh, they both yeah. have really great delivery. Um, it's probably fantastic. But I have enjoyed reading it just in little, like I read a story a day and shake my head and think, how did that happen? And they have funny, they write it in two, it's in two different typefaces. And so it's like they're talking to each other and it's a ton of fun. But it's also very moving to realize that these things are, they just happened. These weren't things that happened to her 40 years ago. These are things that happened to her last week. And so it's eye-opening and important, I think, as well as being really, really funny. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to read. Oh my gosh, my yeah, stack is going to tip over on my nightstand. But yes, my bedside I, table I need is to read scary. That. 
<laughs> I need a bigger one. Hey, we're shopping for new bedroom furniture. I'll just get a giant oh, nightstand. Get a lot of shelves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. We got to write all those down. Those all will be in the show notes for people. And we also yes. have the look, listen, learn page on the website now where, yeah. oops, I forgot to do last week's, but I, was um, saying I need to update it, but oops, but we, um, semi-current. We have been keeping tabs of all of our look, listen, learns from all. This will be show number 20. Yeah. You're like a special milestone. <laughs> Thank you for being part of our show number 20, Lisa. Yeah. Thank you for and, having me. I'm so glad, glad you found me. Oh, yes. No. It was serendipitous. I'm telling you, I texted Suzanne a picture and I was like, look at this. And then I think within minutes, we were all talking on Instagram. Awesome. Yes. Well, I mean, and anyone from Seattle is a friend of mine. Right. So yeah. very excited. Austin. Yeah. Yes. And talk about live music. We have all of it. So you should come visit us and take in some music. But so where can people find you? Where can they get coaching information and all the good stuff? Yes. Audaciouswellness.com. Uh, they can find me. You can also find me on, on Instagram on the Lisa Levine. And I changed my handle there only because I was writing the book and I wanted to be identifiable as, as an author. And there are, believe it or not, there's so many Lisa Levines. So I am the Lisa Levine. <laughs> the one. And, uh, one and only. Yeah. And on, on Facebook as well. So I'm, I, I really do love Instagram these days. So I'm kind of hanging out there more than Facebook, but on both places. And then on my website, for sure. I have a blog there. And again, I have recipes and all kinds of things. I'll send you a link to the asparagus soup recipe and I'll send you that link. um, I'll quickly make up a page for you guys and you can throw that up there too. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you. We'll get that up. Well, terrific. Oh, this has been so informative, so enjoyable. And yeah, every time... I, I say we we could go on hours and hours. So yes, we'll just keep bugging you with our follow-up questions. But <laughs> I love it. It's been my pleasure to chat with both of you. So fun. And I need to do a lot of these and they're not always as fun as this one. This has been really <laughs> Oh, so thank you. Thank you. And, um, and yeah, ask questions anytime. And I look forward to seeing what you guys do with your platform and how, you know, what cool, fun things you create. And, you know, hopefully I can um, follow along and maybe be a part of them again sometime. Well, yes. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, thank we're, we're you. figuring it out as we go. We're following we really our, are. our yeah. little North Star of the mom and dot, dot, dot. Yes. <laughs> so you're definitely have recre- you're, you're pushing out of the cocoon with your beautiful wings. Thank yeah. you. Oh, well, this has been such a pleasure. And again, yeah, everybody, yes. anybody who's looking at YouTube, uh, Midlife No Crisis, look, you got, yeah. I mean, seriously. So thank you. Thank you again. And it's been a pleasure. Thank so you. nice to meet you. Have a good afternoon. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group, all of our socials, and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.